Ladies and gentlemen, here we are. Season 2, Episode 4, with one of my favorite guys of all time. The legendary, first original rock star accountant, Ian Faber. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Doing very well, my man. Thank you so much for having me on. Of course, of course. And this is uh, this is our first one with video. I, I opened this app today and I haven't been using it that long. And all of a sudden we got our, our ugly mugs on camera. So I don't know. This might be the first YouTube episode ever. I might have to put it out there. Man, I, uh, I, I you know, it, it's one of those I, I should have probably cleaned myself up a little bit. Uh, you know, got my hair cut. I, who knows when was the last time that was with, with COVID times. But uh, yeah, I should have cleaned myself up for this. Hey, strong pandemic vibes for both of us. I got the quarter zip. I got my Seinfeld t-shirt on under this. The Human Fund, George Costanza. Great episode. <laughs> That's excellent. It's all good, man. It's all good. Well, listen, buddy, it's uh, <clears throat> a pleasure to have you on. Uh, for the listeners out there, Ian, uh, Ian and I go back to uh, early 2002. We're definitely going to kick it back to those, some of those stories back in the day when we were running around like maniacs around Center City, Philly, and elsewhere. Um, but, but we got together at KPMG and then you, uh, you know, you lasted longer than I did there, but then, uh, after a quick hop over at Ernst and Young, you, you pretty much went out on your own and, you know, we're going to talk a lot about that, um, and your journey through, uh, through that, uh, time in your career and your life, which has become like an accidental theme of, uh, season two of the no code podcast here. Almost everybody I'm talking to struck out at their own at some point and just decided to go for it. It's been a, when I look back on it, it's been a wild ride. Uh, I, I sometimes I sit there and I pinch myself, thinking, uh, I, "I can't believe this is reality." Quite honestly, that you know, I I did that, and there's there's so many levels that the emotions go from uh, the, the the all the way across the spectrum. Quite honestly, uh, for something like that, and it, it was really cool. I, I I've had a lot of fun with it, and uh, it's definitely something I, I you know, it's it's one of the scariest decisions I ever made, and uh, it, it was it's also one of the best. Uh, um, quite honestly, it's it, I. I don't look back and uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, man, we're going to we're going to get deep into it. But first, first, we got to address something here. And I, I this is I don't you know, there's no joy in me addressing this. But uh, I've been listening to sports talk radio all day in Philadelphia here. I'm trying to understand the state of our franchise of the Philadelphia Eagles and you being a big Philadelphia sports fan. I got to bounce it off you. What the hell is happening here? Uh, I, I had a feeling you were going to go there, and you know, I, honestly, it's—I'm kind of heartbroken. Um, you know, it—it it is a—it is the utter definition of a management and organizational failure. They, what they've done and what they created in such a short time of being at that pinnacle and being the champions, the Super Bowl champions of the world, and that—that that high that we were on. To be now three years later, QB, coach, you know, sixth pick in the draft, who knows? Uh, it, and, you know, Carson Wentz, I, I, I was a huge fan. I, I mean, I had his jersey. My kids have his jersey. You know, we, I loved him. I thought he was that guy who was going to take us to the next level there. And, you know, you just I, – I feel bad, I, you know – I think there's, you know, responsibility falls on so many levels um, with with that when it comes to that, especially with football. But for him to, I, I'm kind of shocked. I, I still haven't heard anything that he's, you know, thank the fans or anything. I think it's 
it's always with the, the similar thing in Philadelphia with the 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 vocal minority, that small population that love to just hate and and everything that yeah. that tough Philly, you know, the whole the whole Philly sports fan that knows everything. And but there's so many people that were there supporting. Yo, this him Carson and, um, Wentz is a total bum out there. This, <laughs> yeah, this Carson Wentz, he can't even throw it to anybody out there. He's he's throwing the ball high interceptions. He's a bum. Get rid of him. Like Mike from Lansdale or something like that, you know. <laughs> it's so classic, but uh, I, yeah, I'm uh, utterly, I'm, I'm disappointed. I just, you know, feel bad. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, and I don't know what what bright spot we have. Uh, you know, kind of just, I, 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 mean, I, I use the word exhausted by it. You know, I think this year, not only obviously everything else that goes on, but you know, with the football world, I'm exhausted by the conversation and how 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 it just went. I mean. Jesus, we uh we we tied the Bengals. You know? Like Yeah, we did. Come on. We did. Yeah. We love tying the Bengals. We always do it. We did it back with McNabb in in, in 08. He tied the Bengals. We love tying them. Yeah. And, and no no disrespect to the Cincinnati uh fan base there. They got a good one in Joe Burrow and everything, but gosh, it was just like come on, man. Like, geez. And yeah, so it it's been a long one. It's uh, you know, hey, uh, always bleed green and uh, always be doing the, the fight song and cheers yeah. and everything that way. But uh, kind of feel like I'm just ready. Uh, yeah, let's get let's get to draft and training camp and all that fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, what else can we do? I mean, in 20 months, going from giving him this long term contract to then you know you draft Jalen Hurts, which made no sense. I mean, I hope he's good. I hope he's fantastic. I hope he wins us 10 Super Bowls, but. You you like put all this stuff on yourself as an organization, and then of course, of course, it blew up in your face. Like where else was it going to go? You just set yourself up for this disaster. It was totally self inflicted. You know, I like that's where that when I go to that management epic fail there, the organizational fail. It's it, how you put all this investment in this guy, and he showed it. He, sh- I mean, what he did uh, the year before with a practice squad of wide receivers and he showed he can do it. And then it, obviously it didn't go well, but that, you, to, to draft that quarterback in the, in the second round when you, you need guys to play. And uh, you know, it just, that started it. And you know, to, to then, you know, you, you pay this guy $150 million and now we're going to take the, the biggest, the largest uh, cap hit in, in NFL history. Like it just, it, I, 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 you know, I, I've always been a, I'll a, tell a you what. supporter. But <laughs> it's running thin. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of hard right now. I tell you what, Faber tax would never run that way. If you ever had to make a personnel move, you know, being fire your own, your own wife, you would never take that cap hit. You know, you'd find a way to structure that contract a little bit better than that. You always have to be a couple steps ahead of the game, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's Absolutely. Right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, enough enough Eagles talk. Let's uh, let, let's let's get into this thing here. So, uh, so I mentioned, um, you know, it's it's January two thousand three, and I am a a junior at Villanova University doing the accounting internship program. And I, uh, you know, first round through in interviews, they come onto campus. All the big big shops come talk to you, and I didn't get any. I didn't get any offers. I, I got shut out, and. Uh, I go back to that, and I, th- I think the problem was I had a really bad cold that week. So I probably showed up to the interviews like, hey, how how you doing? It's me, Tony. You know, like I couldn't even I, – I could barely breathe. I couldn't talk. 
I probably thought I had the COVIDs even back then. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I kind of struck out the first round, but then they, then they said, let's, let's hunt for you a little further. And, and they found this group called International Executive Services at KPMG. And uh, I think you, were, you and a group of a couple others were the first people I interviewed with. And uh, actually, when I was doing that interview, I had a cast on my leg because I had just had ankle surgery. And if you remember, you guys had to help me with like all my stuff, <laughs> like my backpack and notebook and all that. I'm, I'm like I dropping stuff you. around I the office. We helped you down the steps uh, after everything. Yep. <laughs> I can remember that. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I got the sympathy hire because they were like, we, well, this I've done poor. a lot of work here. <laughs> we got to keep him. He's got to be signed on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you guys brought me on and uh, that's when I had my first experiences with uh, the business world. And, uh, you know, we had a nice crew. Uh, it wasn't a big group. I guess that group was maybe at about 10 people altogether, I think. Yeah, right and around counted yep, like staff absolutely. and managers and partners and all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So kind of a small group and um, but a tight knit group. And, and we had a great intern class of uh, me uh, a guy by the name of George Crombar and another uh -huh. gentleman by the name of Pat McGettigan. And, uh, and Pat was a St. Joe's guy, right? Correct. Yeah. I, I, I knew Pat, uh, I, I, um, I, I kind I, of yeah, yeah, initiated that, got him into the, uh, the, the program there and, and everything. And it, yeah, he was a St. Joe's yeah. guy and yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a really good group. I, uh, you know, I was, I was so excited for you guys. Yeah. And, and well, yeah, George, who I haven't seen in a while, but I kind of still keep, keep Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, it was it was really funny because the the group there I had uh, started with with uh, KPMG and you know I I took that road uh, I always like to call it the road less traveled. Um, you know, a lot of people go in and they take that audit rotation and they go through and they do their three three months and um, going through that internship program I had the same it was the same kind of thing I had the opportunity to interview with KPMG and they were like oh we had this expat you know group and I was like uh, expat what is that? And, you know, went down and, uh, it was, uh, had a great, <laughs> great conversations and, you know, that allure of, Oh, expat international. I was like, Oh, let's, let's give it a go. Let's, let's, uh, let's give it a try. And I thought, so I said, it's three months. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Um, and I, I started with KPMG within that group. I, I held out waiting for my final offer. They gave me an audit offer after everything. I was like, Oh no, 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 I don't want that. It's gotta be expat. That's the only way I will. <laughs> And uh, yeah, it's just, it, it worked. I, I started on it and, you know, I'd been there full time just over, I mean, I'd been with the, the group there for probably two years at that point and uh, full time, probably just under a year at that point. And the group was, uh, you know, the group was mainly women, quite honestly. And it was uh, really fun to, to sit there and, uh, you know, having that group of three guys coming in. Um, it was Dan and I, Dan Cobell, uh, um, that, uh, were there and we were super excited having this group come in and, uh, um, you know, a bunch of young bucks just, uh, ready to learn and ready to, to work hard. Yeah. And it, it was really, and I obviously knowing Pat, um, it was a great relationship there and, and just, uh, you know, where we were at that point in time and the group, uh, you know, it, it, it turned into a lot of fun and a, a, some really great bonds and, and some great, great fun times through that process. Yeah, for sure. I got, I got to tell a quick story though about the intern. So, so George and I, um, we, we met at the internship program and then we wound up living together in Conshohocken in our, in our tiny row house. And, uh, I got to meet all George's 
crazy friends from the Northeast. And we had uh, a lot of a lot of misadventures in Conshohocken, and including our next door neighbor that we didn't really know his name, but we dubbed him Old Man Jenkins. And uh, the guy was just hated us, hated us so much to the point where there was a physical altercation one night between one of George's friends and this guy that wound up in some, I'd say some mild charges in court. <laughs> Not for me or George, but uh, one of his buddies that was involved in it. And uh, <laughs> it wasn't anything serious. It was more like a citation thing and everybody moved on. No lawsuits or injuries or anything like that. But but George was in that. And then, and then Pat, Pat was rowing crew for St. Joe's at the uh-huh. time, if you remember. And absolutely. That winter was like especially horrible. I could remember that like we would look out from our window at KPMG and like the Delaware River was frozen for like three quarters of the winter, it seemed like, right? And, yeah, and that's when yeah. you know it's really cold. So he would go out, he'd be out there at like five in the morning, uh, rowing before coming to the internship. And I don't I don't want to call him out right now because you know, like he's a professional, he's a legit guy. Everybody I'm sure likes him in, in his professional career. But that dude would fall asleep at his seat pretty often. <laughs> <laughs> after after the uh after the he would pass out at his desk and he was on the other side of the floor so he'd get away with it but we'd walk over there sometimes i'd be like yo pat you you gotta wake up man <laughs> but we learned all the it's things so you gotta funny. learn uh when you're when it's you're, so funny when you're too because, in business. um it's so funny too because he was you know he was obviously very passionate about the the the, the crew and the rowing and he was Doing a lot of great stuff, and I, I had known him through my my uh, my years at, at St. Joe's as well. And um, we had worked together with with uh, the, the the chair of the department and the accounting department. A lot of great things. And when he was going through, he wanted to do the the uh, internship program, but he also wanted to do the crew. And I was like, well, hey man, I yes, you know, it's not for the interns. It wasn't as bad or a pressure packed kind of uh, kind of program. You know, it was kind of you know eight thirty. You know, yeah. maybe five thirty, six thirty, maybe, and then you kind of could enjoy your time. It was much, It wasn't that those audit hours where you're, you know, you know, twelve, thirteen, fourteen hours a day, and they're they're really grinding you down and traveling and all that kind of stuff. So he would be up and have the uh, be able right. to do his stuff on the on the lake and uh, on the on the river there, and then he'd come in and yeah, I think some days it it, it took its toll a little bit. Yeah, he had some nice little naps at the office sometimes. <laughs> but we, uh, you know, one of, one of the, my favorite stories from that time was, uh, you know, and, and I was 20, by the way. So I, I hadn't even turned 21 yet. I wouldn't turn 21 until June of that year. And uh, but I quickly realized with you and the rest of the gang that uh, as long as I had business clothes on and we were going to a happy hour spot, I was going to be fine. You know, it wasn't going to be an issue. So. Our first ever happy hour together that I remember was at the uh, Independence Brew Pub, which is now known as the Fieldhouse. But I will always call it the Independence Brew Pub. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we go and and I literally I'm not kidding about this. I swear I'm not kidding. When people were telling me happy hour, I literally thought I had one hour. So I was like, I better drink as much as I can in one hour because then it's over. Then we have to go home. Right. So <laughs> we go out there and I'm just like, you know, I'm in college. So I, I'm, I'm like, I got to get five or six down in an hour here. And then, you know, an hour goes by and nobody's leaving. And, uh, you know, another hour goes by and another hour. And then it's just me, you and, uh, and our and our old buddy, Anthony. And uh, it's like 1115. And the last train out to Villanova is coming. 
and you guys wanted to do one more shot. And I was like, well, might as well. I do it. I get on the train. And then it is night night for Old Town on the R5 Thorndale Paoli out to Villanova. I mean, I was out cold. <laughs> I missed the Villanova spot uh, stop by nine stops. I wound up in Malvern and uh, I needed to hitchhike back to Villanova with a man who wound up drinking Coors Lights in the car while he was driving me back to Villanova. And I was not murdered. I wasn't assaulted. I luckily got back to school at about 1.30 in the morning and, uh, you know, made it in the next morning. You guys were a little late, though. I was on time. You guys were you guys were not in good shape the next morning. <laughs> no, we were not. And, uh, yeah, we, we – those uh, – it, it's, it's, it's funny that way because, um, you know, you sit there and you think happy hour and you'd have our group and we'd start off with the, the group and then, you know – a lot of people would, you know, after that hour or two, they were running to the uh, to the SEPTA station and suburban station or whatever, catching that train home. You know, they have you know families and kids, everything that way. And yeah, um, Anthony and I and and uh, you know whoever was with us, we uh, we would always like to extend that a little longer. Um, a lot of times we were lucky enough, the, uh, the bosses that would be would say, "Hey, you know, take care of it, keep it open," and you know have some fun with the boys and we definitely took advantage and we, right. we had a lot of fun and uh building those uh <laughs> those bonds and um and i think one of the, the best parts of that story that, that you just told about your experience there is the next day when obviously you were in a little earlier than us and by probably i don't know maybe it was like one or two in the afternoon at that point the email pops up and you had told the story in an email and sent it to us and I'll ne- I'll never forget sitting there reading this, and you know, huge props to you as, as a writer because it was brilliant. It was pure gold comedy stand up. <laughs> it was just, it was incredible. And I I think I can remember after reading it, like running over to your cube uh, and just, are you serious? That's what happened? No, that's not that's not that's not true. <laughs> and it was just your your synopsis oh my of gosh. the story made you feel like you were there and it was oh it was so awesome man <laughs> oh my gosh it was it was yeah i wrote the i remember i wrote the whole thing up i i know we had it saved for a long time i'm i'm looking at my gmails right now cuz i do have some ones back from like 2008 but i think it's uh-huh. gone I, I think i think the story would have to be rewritten maybe i'll republish it in like a you know a re-release with some bonus features you, you always have a uh, you always have a backup plan there, T. Um, your 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 Arthur Arthur <laughs> skills is, uh, are legit. Um, I can't wait till that memoir comes out uh, because it's that's got to have a chapter right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, man. That's right. That was a wild one, and there were some more wild ones back then too. But uh, you know, some of my favorites were uh, when we would go out, and you know, a lot of times we would we would you know quote put it to a client. Where, you know, you go have, uh, you got some team members on the client, you go have a couple of drinks and you're working hard on this client. And, you know, at the end of the day, there might be an expense report in there that reflects uh, your hard work and your efforts. So, uh, you know, we would, we would do that. But then some, some nights we'd get real carried away. And I could remember you coming in the office a couple of times the next day being like, all right, all right, we, we, we can only put through like 500 of this. Like, cause the bill would be like 1500 bucks or something like that. And you'd have to go around and collect money from everybody. And like, you know, and then and then you're breaking down like who who got cheap on us, who 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 ponied up their fair share. 
you know, there was one guy who'll remain nameless that used to like to give us like eight bucks when he came out, but he'd been there for like three hours and probably, <laughs> probably drank, you know, a hundred bucks worth of stuff. <laughs> uh, I'll always, but then uh, the, the one, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll always remember the, the, the classic there was uh, the next day uh, seeing the receipt and thinking, okay, we can just run this through. And then seeing, I think it was maybe 12 or 15 Patron shots. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Who ordered 12 or 15 Patron shots? Did we really do that? Oh, man. And it, and yes, we, we did. Oh, and, my gosh. Woo, that was... Uh, that was <laughs> Yeah, and the guys, yeah, that the guys, was, uh, uh, I have to, we, have to say, the guys never, uh, never got any questions or anything like that. We, uh, they were, they took very good care of us. No, man. So, so that was, yeah, those were the wild times. But, but our, you know, just to, to wrap this up, our, our main spot though, our main spot was Tiranog in in Philly on 16th and JFK. I mean, that was the spot. All these other, all these other things, you know, we got into it some crazy times down at the Brew Pub, but. But Tiernanog was the tried and true. We'd go in there and and uh, you know spend a whole lot of time and a whole lot of money in that place. I used to joke that you should have had equity in that business at one point because I think you were about fifteen percent of their uh, their annual revenue. <laughs> that that place will always go down. I I still when I get down to Philadelphia and whether it be meeting with a, a client or meeting with somebody a contact down there. Whenever I get a chance to go into the 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 nog, um, Tierna nog, I I always take advantage. They were, they knew they knew business. Um, they knew how to take care of their 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 clientele, and they took great care of us. And we we passed that back to them as well. But we always had such a good time. They were just such great people in there, and uh, it was <laughs> we had, there was many many of the nights. Uh, I'll never forget the the one night where we're we're hanging out in there and. Um, just, you know, you know, whatever. And, it, and I don't think it was like a, a Friday or Saturday or anything like that. This was like probably a Tuesday and we're there late. And I, right. I, my, my uh, buddy, Nick Daruba that, that, you know, um, next thing you know, it's like, you know, yeah. I don't know, it's two like 30 in the morning. He's doing one arm pushups on the, uh, the floor there with people trying to, you know, <laughs> who can do the most next thing you know, it's like three 30 in the morning. And we're like, Oh my God, we're still here. And it was, <laughs> it was just bizarre. <laughs> they took they took great care. They were that was Tuna Dog will always always be so uh so close to the heart. It, it's it's one of my favorite it'll probably be my my favorite bar of all time for the rest of my life. I, I know one dude and he wasn't kind of in our in our crew, but but he was uh tangential to our crew who would who would stay so long at Tiernog, like after hours like like you're talking about. And he would just sometimes walk over to Hahnemann after that. And just go get an IV, and then go to work, <laughs> and and not even not even change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some nights that got carried away. He'd just like go over to Hahnemann, ask for an IV. You know, they'd see he was visibly drunk, so they'd give it to him, and uh, then he'd just go back to work and just get after it. <laughs> that's hey, you, gotta, you don't want to be there. That that's the next level thing. <laughs> that, that that's a little much. You know, I, I obviously, yeah. you know, obviously we had a lot of fun, but you know, we we might be a little late in the morning uh, getting there, but we, you know, hey, you you work hard, you got to play hard too. So that's always, uh, I think that's one of the the biggest things there, and uh, we definitely we definitely live that. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So anyway, like 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 it always happens in life. I mean, those those uh, those good times had to sort of wind down a little bit. You you can't go at that rate for. Uh, 
you know, too many years. So, you know, I wind up leaving KPMG uh, 05. I think you stuck there till about 08, from 07, 08, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around there. Correct. Yeah. And uh, in between, you know, in between yep. there, I spent a year over in, in Zurich, Switzerland. Um, I went on an assignment with them and uh, oh, did, uh, right. yeah. did that thing. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for I almost forgot about that. You, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so for the listeners that don't know, so so my specialty is uh, expatriate taxation. Um, you know, with the IES and everything. It's, so we specialize in an expatriate taxation. So if you're, you know, if you're an American living abroad or, or a foreign foreigner coming here to the to the U.S., you know, I would step up and uh, take care of your uh, your your tax filing requirements and help you help you through that process and you know keep you on the good side of the the tax authority. So. I actually I lived the life and uh, went over to, to Zurich uh, um, for an experience living over over there, which was which was awesome. And uh, yeah, it was it was so cool being uh, being over there and uh, living that life of what what my clients go through on a day to day basis was uh, was pretty cool and eye opening experience. Yeah, I'm sure it was. And, and it came at a time where, you know, obviously, I mean, we had email, but but social media really wasn't huge yet. So I can remember like saying goodbye to you and then like. You know, pretty much a year later, catching up with me, like, oh, how was it? You know, because it wasn't a thing where you, you know, you're not exchanging text messages every day and, and Facebook messages, whatever. And uh, but it was awesome to hear hear about it. I remember when you came back. I think we had kind of a big get together at the Nog uh, with, with a bunch of people, if I'm not mistaken. I kind of remember that. And uh, you know, obviously, that was a lot of fun. That's where you got to reunite after after a year overseas. You come back to the Nog and you talk about your experience. Exactly. Tony, it's so funny, too, when you sit there and say about how life has changed and only that's, you know, so I, I went over, it was uh, summer of 2005. So you're talking 15 years and I'll never forget. Like, so, you know, I was obviously or still very early in my, my career at that point and taking a step uh, to go abroad and, you know, and doing those things. It wasn't one of these luxurious expat packages. You know, it was one of those, hey, you really want to go? Sounds good. We'll sign you off. You fly out in, in six weeks. Get over there. There's no look-see trip or anything. Figure out housing. We'll figure that stuff when you're on the ground and, and the whole nine yards. And I'll never, never forget. You know, you know, I, I take that flight out. It was uh, Friday night. Um, flight over and showing up at the uh, Zurich airport on on Saturday morning. It was probably about six thirty in the morning. Pulling my luggage off. You know, tired from the long flight. And um, my my boss, my new boss at the time, was supposed to meet me in. You know, two days before, she was like, "Oh, I don't, I'm not probably not gonna be able to do that. Just catch a cab, and you know, they'll take you to get your, your the keys, and then get you to the place." Of course, I walk out and I uh, um, step off, and I, I grab the cab driver that had, doesn't speak any English, and it's now seven in the morning on a Saturday in Zurich, trying to find where this rental management uh, company is to grab my key. Couldn't get in the door. I'm hitting all the buzzers. I'm trying to talk to him. <laughs> finally get it get to i'm sitting here saying i i, I sat there and i really I, I got into my temporary housing and i'm like oh my god what am i doing what did i decide and sign up for <laughs> what kind of decision is this I, wow. I can't i don't understand I, i'm lost you know all these things and you sit there and today with social media and twitter and you know all the connections that we have like you sat there and I was buying phone cards to make the phone calls from the pay phones down the, down the road, That's right. to call home, everything like that. So it, it, it's amazing how the world changes. And uh, that experience, you sit there and you're like, 
man, I was, I was probably, I was scared at that point. Um, and then you sit down and you look back and it's like, wow, without that experience, who knows where I would have been. That was, uh, it was such a fun, fun time. And that, you know, takes you, takes you out of that, that, uh, that block and, uh, what your comfort zone is and put you into something different. And it really, uh, it opens your eyes to a lot of things. Yeah, I was, that's exactly what I was going to say. The comfort zone element of that to totally shake that up and go into a brand new environment and to have that fear and that discomfort and that, you know, anxiety about like, what, what am I going to do? What am I doing here? How am I going to do this? Once you get through that, and then I'm sure while you're there, you're appreciating, appreciating it more and more as you go. It, it must've just been a, a really cool experience. And I'm sure a lot of lessons that you could kind of apply when you got back into the States and back to sort of the, the normal day to day you were living before that, you know? Absolutely. The, the, just seeing the different way, uh, life was lived and the way people handle things. Um, and, and through that whole process, I mean, you just got a a greater appreciation. I, I love the Swiss. The Swiss were incredible. They were, they were kind of like, you know, when I wouldn't even call it work-life balance. They were, you know, they really, they were there, you know, they, they worked to live, not, they didn't live to work. And, they would sit there and they would be in early and they'd work their, their time and, you know, no joke. And then, you know, five 30, they'd be gone and living their life and, and doing those things. And, you know, it, it, it definitely an appreciation coming from, you know, the way the U S does it, Americans do it and the hustle and bustle that I had started my career with. And, you know, the constant, it, it gave you a lot of appreciation that there's, Hey, there's other ways to go about. And, you know, Hey, I still hustle and work hard, but there's, that extra, you know, learning that and seeing that um, from a different perspective, really, it opened my eyes to a lot uh, through that process. And it, it was a, it was a great life lesson, uh, professionally and personally, to to take that step. And uh, you know, I always sit there and uh, when I talk to people, and um, you know, take that opportunity, go for it, do it, uh, you know, see something different, put yourself out there, and do those things. And it, it it'll it'll pay off in the long run uh, by doing that and and everything from that perspective. Yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we we've only got one shot at this thing, you know, and and you don't you don't get a do over. So if you get an opportunity and it's you know it might be kind of scary, it might be unique, it might be a challenge, but you know it, it, if you think you can do well at it, jump and and take the risk. You know, I I at times in my life and career, I've been too cautious and I've had those kind of things and I've kind of passed them up. But but recently, I've been taking a different view at it and trying to get involved in some other things and. It, it usually works out. And even if you mess it up, you learn something, you know, you, you pick up some kind of lesson that you can apply going forward. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more that, that you can't be afraid to make a mistake. Um, you know, I, I've learned that, you know, you, you, you know, you come up through and, you know, you, you start your career and you want to be perfect. You want to, you know, work hard. You want to do all those things. And, and you know, there, it's all right there to do that. Um, but, to take that next step and to, you can't be afraid, uh, to, to make that mistake. And, you know, it's, it's not always going to work, you know, to perfection, to the storyline, to the script. It, you have to take those steps and right. put yourself out there. Some, some things work, some things don't. I, I've taken, taken those opportunities and some have been, you know, have paid off and have been incredible. Others, you know, not so much. It hasn't worked and, and there's reasons why or, or whatnot. And you learn from them. That helps you on the next step. And, uh, that's one of the things, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool. Uh, to go through that experience and the, you know, I always thought I mean, my, my father was one who had his career and his, his job, his whole life at the same place. And I always wanted that. And, and, but it, 
when you get when you get to those steps, it, you kind of you know you see the other opportunities and different steps you can take, and you know th- that you know making those taking those jumps and taking those opportunities and seizing them. It really is a uh, it's 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 a cool part of uh, of the of the process and the growing and both uh, professionally and personally, quite honestly. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And speaking of your dad, it, it wasn't long after you got back from Switzerland that that he wound up passing, correct? Yeah, a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, I, I don't um, remember exactly when it was. Yeah, so it was. Uh, so I was over in in, uh, in Zurich for about a year, and unfortunately, it was. So I left in in July of two thousand and five, and unfortunately, it was right after April fifteenth. It was like the May time frame, and I, I got that call late at night, and you know, family was. My mom was hysterical on the phone, and uh, dad's got. Uh, dad's not doing too well. Dad's not feeling too well, and and everything, and. Uh, um, yeah, it, it was, it's one of those, you 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 felt helpless and you were, you know, uh, you know, on the other side of the world or across the, the ocean. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, scary process. And, you know, the, the, the guys, everyone was so great. You know, I obviously hopped the plate back and, and dealt with everything. And, uh, you know, uh, um, so my dad, yeah, he, uh, he lasted, uh, it was, uh, so that was May. And unfortunately in November of that year, he, uh, he passed, uh, he had yeah. some, uh, it was a, a throat cancer that uh, that got him, and uh, one of the nice things uh, through that process, um, the guys, you know, KPMG helped me. I, you know, I made the call that I wanted to come home and, and be there, and um, they facilitated that and and got me back. And uh, um, I had I got back, you know, July timeframe uh, uh, somewhere around there, and I had a, a good four months right. with my dad and uh, uh, before before everything, and it was it was really awesome. It was uh, you know I'll never forget it. It was one of the one of the cool, one of the really cool aspects of the uh, um, the KPMG experience from a uh, personal level was they they had the boxes at the Phillies games, and you know, being a huge sports fan to get yeah. to go and do that was to be invited, and it, yeah, they'd have clients and everything, and um, it was just so cool being there. And uh, that that in I guess September at that point, I my dad and I um, went down and we we had a nice uh, evening with the. He met some of the cl- my clients, and uh, we had a, we had a great time. We were the last ones there, just hanging out, and um, it was a, it was a really cool uh, cool time. And uh, you know, a lot of that stuff. I mean, I, I always uh, my dad my dad was a, a huge part of my uh, my life and and who I am, and he was always my go to. I, I I always remember the funny story. I would sit there and I'd clear everything with him, tell him everything, and you know, any decision, right. you know, dad, give me the stamp of approval, you know, kind of thing. And I'll never forget. I had the opportunity um, to uh, when I was a senior in college, and I had done a lot of work with my professor. Um, you know, we, we co-wrote a paper and did a lot of great stuff. And um, the paper was uh, approved for a presentation in, in Paris. Um, and my professor was going to go over and present, and he was like, "Ian, you know, you did a lot of work with me on this. Would you would you want to go with me?" And I had never been outside. God, I probably had never been outside the East Coast. Uh, you know, maybe a couple trips to Florida or whatnot. Right, and you know, right. I, I remember him telling me, uh, asking me, and I was like, okay, well, can I give you an answer tomorrow or whatnot? And I, I called my dad and my dad, I, I, I ran it by him. And my dad's like, what are you thinking about? Yes, you go. Look at this opportunity. <laughs> go for it. Step on it. Go. Yeah. And God, I had to yeah. get a, I expedite my passport and went over. And that was really, again, that was probably one of the biggest steps where, you know, sitting there and seeing where my career has gone. And that was kind of like the, well before that, but it was kind of like that, that foreshadowing to what I do and having that opportunity and, and living that life. And, uh, it was, uh, it was really cool. And, uh, you know, my, my dad was always, uh, will always be a big part of that. 
Yeah, no, it sounds like he was just such a positive, uh, motivating force for you in your life. And I'm sure you, I'm sure you still hold on to a lot of lessons today. Uh, you and your brother, Kyle and, 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 and your sister as well. And, and everything you guys do, I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, you know, it's, it's great to have those memories. And, and, and of course, you know, you, you, I'm sure you wish he would have got more time, but, but it sounds like the time you spent with him was real quality and, and, you know, very, uh, loving and, and educational and, and guiding you in, in your life and career. He, he's always, he's, he'll always be, uh, he'll always be with me. Um, he's always right there overlooking us. And, uh, I say that to my mom all the time and, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he was a good one. He was a, he was a good one, uh, and everything. So it, it, it's, it's good stuff. Everyone has their time and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate there, but he gave us what we needed to, to, uh, survive and thrive. And, uh, um, it was, it's, it's been a, it's, it's, it's good stuff. <laughs> yeah, more man. More, I keep, absolutely. I keep it on, so, I'm looking more and more like him. <laughs> <laughs> we get old fast, man. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we're talking about these stories from when we were in our early twenties and, and what you just turned 40, right? Uh, last year and I'm 38 and, or was it January you turned 40? I forget. Well, it was, uh, so I actually, this past January, I turned 41. So, you know, I don't yeah. know if that's, oh, 41. Uh, shit, I'm, I'm behind you. Kind of stuff up to, uh, on this kind of, uh, thing, uh, you know, age is always one you keep off limits, you know? Uh, yeah, I know. I know you're not supposed to do that, but you know what? It's my show. I'll do what I want. That's right. And people, Absolutely. you know what, if you're not comfortable talking about age, you can turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, you know, it's, uh, it's it's funny that that time in life I feel like you're talking about is like that transitional time where, you know, you're going from, you know, so 2005, six, seven in there, you're getting into your, I guess you would have been getting into your late 20s, close to 30. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm a couple of years, couple of years younger than you, but we're, but we're still, you and I were both going on that similar path where, you know, both getting into serious relationships and, you know, making those next steps. And, uh, you know, we, we, we were in each other's weddings, which was awesome. I mean, just good times back then. I mean, that was still, to me, that was kind of like one of the, some of the most fun years because you sort of shed that, those early, really crazy years. And it's a, a little bit more mature, yet you're still out having a good time and watching each other get married and have kids and buy houses and like all that fun stuff in that, in that time period. And uh, to me, those are like, those years from probably like 25 to like 32 are just so much, there's so much going on and there's so much change and there's so much transition, but, but it's all, you're sharing it with people that you love. And, and, you know, we had some good times in, in, in those years as well, for sure. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. You're, you know, obviously as you, you step up through the, the process there, you, you can have a little bit more fun as well in, in different ways uh, um, on that level. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we, we, we did a lot of good things and that's, it's always, uh, you know, the, the friendships that you make and the, the things that expand through that. Um, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's just so fun looking back and thinking about the, those, those times and how much fun we had and those experiences and the, the different things that we did and, and uh, the, the trips we took and all, all that fun stuff that we, you know, you, you, then you, you get to that level and it's just, uh, you know, it, it changes the perspective a little bit on, you know, where you're, where you're going and, and everything, but you're still at heart, you're just having a good time and, you know, nurturing that relationship and becoming even greater friends. And it's, uh, it's a, it's a fun experience. Yeah, for sure. And, and I got to say one, one, one of those trips in there, 
was your bachelor party down in the Atlanta, Georgia area. And don't worry, I'm not going into any kinds of we were well behaved young men. And but but it was so it was so fun because, first of all, it was my first maybe my only time like getting on a plane and going somewhere for a bachelor party. I don't, I don't think I've done that uh, uh, any other time. And we get down and we, so we were flying from Philly, most of us, and we fly into Atlanta and your uncle Conrad and this maniac friend of his, this guy, I don't even know his first name. He's only called Rizzo. Rizzo, yep. This big, this big Italian man with a cigar. And they pick us up from the airport. We might even have, I don't remember, was it like two vans or like one big van or something like that? I, I forget what it was. They're two cars, they're two SUVs that were picking up. Because there was, I think there was like 10 of us yeah. that, that rolled down. Yeah. But there were coolers in those vans, fully stocked, ready to go. And I can remember right away being excited, but also being like, oh my God, I'm, I'm just going to feel so bad after these couple days here. <laughs> Cause I knew it was going to be a straight through uh, party fest, but we go, we go to Conrad's house and you know, I've never been to Atlanta or maybe I was once, I think I was once with KPMG, but I've never had like actually seen like the neighborhoods around there. You know, it's one of those things like we're on the East coast, greater Philadelphia. If you want some big giant house somewhere, like you're going to spend a whole lot of money and it's just going to whatever. But he's got this sick, sick, giant, classic Atlanta suburban house with a full, just like if you walked in, you'd think you were in a real bar in his basement, you know, card tables, ping pong table, like everything. It was a magical couple of days. We had so much fun. He, uh, it, it's so funny when talking about, you know, when we were planning those, that, that trip and, you know, where to go and, you know, obviously the, the common ones, Vegas and those types of things would come up to mind. And it was like, you know, I'm chatting with my uncle and yeah, I wanted to include my uncle as well into, uh, it was my dad's brother. He's my dad's my brother and, mm-hmm. and everything. And wanted to include him and he was like, well, why don't you guys come down here? You know, we could, uh, you know, do a Phillies games, Phillies Braves game. Uh, it was over the summer and we, we, we planned it. We went to a Phillies Braves game and he, he had it was he he's a big golfer. He had the he had it right on the golf course. It the it was just beautiful. Everything and the the he had redone yeah. the uh, the entire bar and he had had the, the I don't know if you remember he had the bar top custom made where it was big enough for golf balls and baseballs and it was the glass top and he had all his yeah. baseballs and golf balls and all his golf course tags all lined out underneath this bar which was just it was so cool it it was awesome and he hosted us a, a bunch of philly guys coming down there having a great yep. time and uh he hosted us and hosted us well and um quite honestly t um we normally we vacation with with them and we'll see them you know once every summer and everything and Every summer, the story comes up and uh, talking about the the bachelor party and the boys being down there and um, you know people <laughs> sleeping under the uh, the poker table and those those types of things. And uh, we, were, we were actually, for all intents and purposes, we were very well behaved uh, through that entire entire process. Outside of the one, we were probably this close to all getting Phillies tattoos. And thank God yes. that happened. Yes, I wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I wanted to talk about that because your cousin Rich, it was your cousin Rich, right? Yep, my cousin Rich, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rich, we're sitting at the game, and I can just remember, and it was like towards the end, and um, 
which wound up being a, a, a really good game. Unfortunately, the Phillies lost uh, yeah. by a, a Brad Lidge blown save. It was when uh, bad Brad Lidge started to emerge and he started blowing saves the year after they, they had won the World Series. But um, but I remember turning around at one point. He was kind of sitting in the row behind me. He was like, guys, guys, here's what we got to do. He's like, we all, after this game, we all need to go get Phillies tattoos. And we're like, what do, what are you talking about? He's like, no, 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 look, look, they'll be small. They'll just be the classic old school Phillies P. You can get it on your thigh if you want. Nobody's going to really see it. He's like, but we all need to remember this, this trip, this, this party. We, we got to do it. And he was like dead set on it. And, and some guys were starting to buy in and I'm sitting there going, oh my gosh, what, what, are we going to do this? And, and, and we were close. We almost did it. Thank God. Somebody, I don't know who was talking out of it, but, but we didn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was such a great trip. It was just you know being together and uh, you know obviously the, the the great friendships and family and um you know it, it was uh, it was just amazing. It was it, I couldn't have asked for anything uh, uh, more special and uh, um it, it was it was a great time. <laughs> for sure, man. It was such a blast, such a blast. And then you know come home, get married. You guys are. I think living in, were you living in, yeah, you were still living in South Philly around that time, right? Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah, living the South Philly life. You guys had a great place down there. And uh, so when was it when you first started kind of formulating the plan of, I think I want to go out on my own. And, and you know, you were you were doing what you were doing at KPMG, you left for Ernst & Young for a while. You're at a big shop doing the expat foreign national tax returns, but was it something in your mind that just clicked and you said, hey, I don't necessarily need this big platform to do what I'm doing and I can go, you know, start my own business? How did that sort of come to fruition for you? Yeah, it was it was really, uh, um, it, I guess it, I would sit there and say it was more a progression. Um, you sat there and, you know, you, you learn through your career and you get a lot of great experience. And, you know, for the most part, you're always told what to do. You're always told how to do it. You're, you're This is the way you have to do it. This is the way we have to do it. And you know, there were just so many things through that process. And I, prior to starting my own, I was with a, a smaller uh, boutique uh, uh, firm that was doing the expats. And, you know, there, for something that was so small, I always thought there'd be a little bit more flexibility and, and kind of bringing those ideas to the table to, to improve and step out and doing those things. And, you know, at a certain point, it was very, it just felt, always felt very restrictive. And, you know, you get to that point where you're sitting there and if you're, if you're not ultimately happy and you don't have that flexibility to, to really drive something that you have that passion for, it starts to take its strain and it starts to take its uh, toll. And I, I think in also in, in, in our industry, in the, you know, the tax and auditing and accounting industry, I mean, I think a lot of times when you get to those, uh, you know, it's pre partnership level, you really, you're at that, that crossroads where you, you get, a lot of times you get very burnt out um, and you, you, it takes you your, your toll, you know, you're doing all that stuff. Yeah. You're then, starting families, you're doing all that and, and getting that stuff going. And, you know, you're also have all those, uh, um, those, uh, restraints and the pressures of, uh, being there. And, you know, at a certain point, it just got to a level and said, Hey, you know, I was developing these great relationships with clients, doing a lot of great stuff. And, um, it just got to the point of saying, Hey, I think I can do this better myself. Um, I don't, you know, I, I think I can tweak things right. and, and bring my personal touch to things. And, that's really what what stepped it off, and uh, you know when when you got to that level and, and things finally hit 
hit that crescendo and that that apex, um, then you, it, it was finally. It was actually, a, like I said it earlier, it was the scariest decision I'll ever make, um, and uh, it was the best decision I ever made. And I, I'll never forget sitting there telling Melissa, my wife, uh, you know, coming home, and you know, it had just been one of those the ultimate, you know, okay, I, it, it had pushed me off the edge at at, at one of those days, and um, I said, babe, I, it's it's uh, it's time. Let's let's see what we can do. And um, she supported me 100. Uh, percent She probably really. Give her a little truth yep. serum. I'm sure she'd sit there and roll her eyes and say, oh, "This kid's not going to do this." And uh, but uh, yeah, we did it. And uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, you know, I, I took that step. And you know, I was uh, you know, it, it's funny because I was that that true you know, start fresh, start clean, start at zero uh, step. Um, I I quit and um, you know, I made I had you know three or four clients on the side that I was doing, and you know, I really started from zero and uh, just you know, grinded it out and did what I wanted to do. And I also I. From that aspect, it was one of those. It was so cool at that point in my career to to step in and do other things. You know, I I had so much fun designing my website and designing my logo and uh, um, you know setting up my yeah. technology platform. All those things that you you don't do. It gave you that a different outlet to to go with. And yeah, it was just you know the the corporate years were were amazing and I learned a lot. And I I look back on them much more fondly now than, you know, at the time with everything. And, you know, but I, I sit there now and it's, it's just, it, they set that, that great foundation for me to, you know, take those next steps uh, forward. And, you know, I'm definitely not looking back and it, this is, it's been a, I, I love, uh, I love what I do. I love the paper tax uh, um, uh, process and uh, it's, it's been a really, it's been a fun ride. You know who else loves the paper tax platform? Tony Giuliano and Jamie Giuliano. Since you guys do our taxes and everyone else out there should use you guys too. <laughs> no, but we've, it's been awesome to have, have you guys, uh, you know, supporting us in, in that regard over the years. It's so great to have somebody you really like and you really trust doing it, you know, because it's, you know, and it's funny. So, you know, obviously I started in KPMG too and I, and having started in tax, I still have like a lot of my family and friends who don't know what the hell I do for a living that call me up and they're like, Hey, I need it. I got a question on this. I'm like, dude, I don't, I have no frigging clue. I haven't touched this stuff in forever. And then I just send them your way and then we're done. You know, <laughs> those are, it, it, it comes with the territory. I, I've gotten used to that. And, uh, the, uh, friends and family reach outs and uh, those things. It's, uh, it comes with the territory. I, I love it. I, I think, you know, when you can, when you can give back a little bit and help out somebody uh, on that level, it's always uh, it, it's part of the part of the process, and I I always I, I always love it and, and everything that way. It's just fun. I mean, I think ultimately, um, from my side of things, I will always sit there and say, you know, I, I know taxes are not the the most exciting. I, I know most people probably have no interest in talking about those things, um, but the to sit there and have the relationships and the people aspect, and um, I, I've always taken away the the different cultures and the different uh, perspectives that I've learned through, through my clients. And many of them have developed into great friendships um, that it, it, it just, that's the part that I just thrive on. And it's, it's, that's the, the part I just yeah. love it's taking care of them and super serving them and being that resource. And I, I always sit there and say, you know, I want to partner with my clients. And that was one of the things I felt like I wasn't, hadn't, I didn't have the opportunity to do. It was, very much, I always like to call it an assembly line. You know, they wanted to just, you know, pump out those tax returns right. and just, you know, run through it. And, you know, now I, I get to bring that. I think that, you know, 
life goes into so many phases. Everything, you know, it's so fast paced and everything, you know, automated and all that kind of stuff. And I appreciate that, that those efficiencies. But when you're dealing with something as personal as someone's taxes and everything, having that personal touch and being available to them, having that call and, and doing those steps uh, that, that you do, whether it's, I have, a, I have a client that I go out to lunch with every year after we, done, we finish his return. And he's local here in the, uh, in the uh, West Grove area in, in Southern Chester County. And he takes me to the, the little spots and uh, all around. And it just, it's so, those things are so much fun that you go through and it's something new. And like, I'll let him order or whatever. And he, you know, comes up with something, that, whatever we did. You know, we've done sushi and whatnot. It's just it, those opportunities. It's just those are the cool things that you go through in life and and through the process. And it it, it really is. Uh, it's been a it's 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 a, a lot of fun. And um, yeah, favorite taxes. Uh, it, it's here here to stay, and uh, we're we're just gonna keep rolling with it. Hell yeah, buddy! Growing the empire. So when did uh when did Melissa decide to jump over? Because she was you know she was at SAP, I think while you were sort of up and running with the business and then she decides, you know, she's going to make the change too. And what, what was that like? How, how much did you guys talk about that before it, it kind of came to, came to be? Yeah, I always, so a little story. I, I mean, obviously, you know, Tony, but uh, um, I actually, I, I met Melissa at KPMG. Um, KPM, she was a, she started in the expat tax group at, at, in the Philadelphia office at, at KPMG there we met there and um, I, when I came back to Switzerland, I came back from Switzerland. I actually ended up sitting right next to her and that's kind of when, when the sparks flew and we hit it off and uh, you know, took that, that professional uh, relationship a little bit more personal and um, it, it was awesome. So we, we crossed started. those lines in the corporate environment. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> we started with that, that great, you know, professional relationship and you know she subsequently she left kpmg and went into more of a corporate tax role and i always when i when i did step off uh, out on my own i always given what i i do and given the expat side of things um i always knew i had an ace in my hole in the hole um with melissa and her experience and you know i don't know if she ever if if it was definite that she would join at, at whatever point but she needed, uh, she was, you know, the, the, the corporate grind was, uh, getting to her. We had, uh, you know, the, the young kids here and, you know, just wanted a different perspective. And I said, Hey, I, I, I definitely, we were, favor tax had grown at that point and had done some really good things and we needed to, you know, bring on to help. And she, uh, she said, yeah, I'm in. And, uh, you know, we're that classic, you know, two folding tables in an office, uh, trying to start something, uh, something special. <laughs> and, um, you know, she sits right across and we, we always had that that personal relationship and or that that professional relationship to start on, and then it's only blossomed further. And uh, you know she's she's phenomenal. She's just um, she's the best. Uh, quite honestly, I couldn't. Uh, I'm very lucky and blessed to to, to have her uh, um, along this ride with me and and uh, to be my partner in crime. Yeah, she's. I mean, she's fantastic. I you know I I think the tail end of my time at KPMG, she and I intersected a little bit and you know, right away I knew she was, you know, she was always down to hang out and she was just so cool and, and really smart and really talented at what she did. And, you know, you definitely, uh, you definitely, uh, got yourself a winner there for sure. I'm sure you'll keep her around for a while longer. Oh, that's for sure. That's for sure. Yeah. She's, <laughs> no, she's well, she keep you around for a while longer. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, those, it's like that, it's, it's that relationship, uh, you know, that is that perfect level there. I mean, 
no relationship is perfect. And we always, Molson and I always sit yeah. there and say that, but we're so real. And, you know, she, yes. she's that yin and yang. She, she grounds me and she post picks me up and all those things. It really is, uh, it, it's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. I, 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 I do like to, uh, uh, gloated out a little bit uh with her because it's just i mean it is really special and also she supported me through this crazy crazy uh step that i took and uh, had been there from day one and uh you know she yeah, so now she's a she's a big big part of it as well yeah yeah for sure and and you know you mentioned that realness i just think that's so if you have that in a partner and i certainly have it with my wife jamie i mean very I think that's why we all get along so well. It's it's that that same approach of being totally real. Like she's going to tell me when I'm being an idiot. She's going to tell me when I'm I've done something really well, you know, and she's going to lift me like you said, lift you up when you need to be lifted up and and sometimes smack you down when you're being a, a jackass. So, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we can each do it each way too and 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 do it in a in a way that's not never, you know, insulting the other person or never, you know, putting somebody down, but it's more of like when you have somebody that you can be 100% authentic and genuine with, and believe it or not, there are some people that are married for 30 years that can't do that. You know, there are some people like that, but when you can, and when you have that, it's, it's, it's really all you need. I mean, it really is that that's it. There, there's it, nothing else to it. it. It's very cool to sit there and you see when we're, we're sitting here and going through that, that the, the life cycle and talking about our early twenties uh, and college and, and going up through and seeing this progression come through with with your that with your with your significant other and yeah it definitely is that and uh, you know I, I was very very lucky to to find that um to and then just the way it clicks it, it's it's one of those uh, and I always I tell her this all the time I you know that after that that first date I knew I knew she was the one for me and uh, it was uh, just one of those it, it was uh, it was classic it was meant to be and uh, I'm very lucky for that. You probably remember the first time I brought Jamie around the the KPMG crew when she was uh we were we were we were 20 and 18 and uh I brought her to Tiernadog and you know of course no ID check for either of us but especially her who was a solid 3 years under the uh legal drinking age and uh back then she was coming off her crew days too so she was like you know really in in in, in crew shape I'm not saying she's not in good shape now I'd never say that about my wife but in the, in the crew days, you know, when you're burning all those calories, you know, she got like a, a plate of wings and, and started going to town. And I think I said something to her about it. And she got she got all pissed off at me and and like stormed out of there in front of the whole work crew. I got her back in. Everything was fine after that. But it was a uh, it was an early glimpse into what would be those early years, especially when you're young in a relationship where you got to figure things out a little bit. But uh, yeah. it was pretty funny. T, I got. I, I'll never forget that uh, that night at, at Tiernan Dog, having her come, and uh, yeah. we had we had such a good time. Even before the little uh, yeah. skirmish, and then after, we continued yeah. to have a great time. And it was that was always the, the fun stuff. That's part of the process. It's the the role that you go with. It is, man. It is. Well, listen, man. You 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 got it all set up here. I mean, you got uh, Faber Tax is is running strong. You got the uh, you know beautiful beautiful house out in, in, in West Grove amongst the horses and the, the acreage. And, uh, and you got a, a nice little place down in OC, three beautiful kids, the wife. I mean, you're, you're crushing it these days. I, I hesitate to ask, you know, what's next. Cause it seems like, uh, you know, 
you're you're in a pretty good spot right now. I, I am. I, I, I hey, I, I man, you set that up very nicely for me, my man. <laughs> uh, it, it, I, I, hey, it's it's been it's been fun. It, it's uh, to sit here and uh, see where I am. You know, I I, I am very lucky. I have uh, have those things and have worked for those things, and we have that and. We, just uh, building that uh, that great uh, that re- great relationship and everything with with Faber Tax is uh, really really cool. Uh, it's it's definitely that rejuvenation in your career that uh, has taken you takes takes you and propels you forward. And you know we'll see where things go. Hopefully you'll see a Faber Tax uh, sign on on every corner in uh, every uh, city in the United States uh, uh, someday soon. Uh, but if if we oh, stay yeah. small, that's perfectly fine as well. But uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's we have a lot of great stuff. I love, uh, love the area. You know, it's, it's so funny sitting there thinking about, you know, I deal with people who move around the world constantly. And, you know, for me, yeah. I'm going to stick here. I'm a, I'm a Philly kid and I grew up here and, uh, I love my, uh, my Philly sports and, uh, I love my, uh, my time in ocean city. Uh, that's one of the, uh, greatest spots to just unplug and recharge and, and just oh, yeah. hang out, listen to the waves and everything that way. I love it down there. It's a, we're always very close to you down there and, and I had the time down there with you guys. And yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a really, it's, it's a cool life. Um, I, I love it. It's, it's been a fun ride. I, you know, there's, there's steps and turns and you, all the different things that you go through, but it, where, it, where it has me and where it's taken me, I, I, I cherish every moment. And, uh, there's a, you know, I always, I always sit there and t- tell my kids, life is hard. Life is gonna, ha- they're going it's gonna test you. It's gonna challenge you. But in the long run, it's gonna be there. To, it's, it's gonna give you a lot to, a lot of great stories and a lot of great stuff uh, through the process. And um, you know, just cherish every moment and enjoy it. And uh, yeah, just keep that smile on your face and keep doing your thing. Yeah, man, absolutely. And it's all about perspective too. And and you guys in the Faber family certainly have great perspective. It's like. Even if things are going bad, I mean, you, you've run into a lot of bumps in the road along along the way. But you know, when you have a great support system and you have a great family and friends, even when you have to get together for a crappy reason, like somebody passing away or some other thing, whatever, you still like you still have those laughs. And 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 you know, maybe you're not you're not going to be uh, going over the top with it, but you still have those those connections where it's like, okay, you know, like you said, life's going to throw you curveballs. It's going to throw a lot of shit at you, but if if you if you have the mindset to battle through and stay positive and focus on the things that are good, only good things can happen from there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, and that, that's that's a good way to put it. I you know I think you know, and like I said, I think you life isn't meant to be easy. Like you know, very few have that easy aspect of it. You have to work for it. You have to hustle for it. And it's going to give you it's going to give you those challenges. It's going to give you those speed bumps. It's going to give you those. Uh, those uh you know those tough times and those things when you persevere and, and push through them it only makes it better it, it only makes it more more satisfying it only it gives you that that extra boost and there's there's moments where you sit there and um you know you can have a, a tough conversation or you know a, a tough client interaction and you know the next day i got someone uh, sitting there and saying thank you for doing something and it, it just it, you just ride that and you, you keep trying to make the next day better and you know, I think I take that in, in on both ends of, uh, you know, from a professional and personal level and just, you know, try to bring it that, that way and try to teach my kids to do the, do the same and uh, and do those things and just live the, the, the best way and, and cherish it and, and enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, you know, having those aspects, uh, um, you know, it, it's 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 a lot of fun. It, it's taken me a lot, of, a lot of places, a lot of cool experiences. And 
it's connected me with a lot of great people. Um, and, and Tone, you, you being one, um, it's a, it's a friendship for life and, um, it really has been incredible. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really, really, uh, a cool experience. You got it, brother. Hey man, I can't wait to see you guys. We're, you know, probably a couple months away from getting out of this, uh, this mess we're in. And, uh, as soon as we are, we'll, uh, we'll be happy to shoot out that way or, meet down the shore or out here, whatever, whatever it may be, but, uh, it'll happen and we'll be having a lot of laughs and we'll be having a couple cocktails and, uh, life will, life will make sense and, and it'll all be good. And it's going to happen soon. Absolutely. T I, I really appreciate, uh, I really appreciate the invite to, to share my story and, uh, give a little bit and, uh, hopefully some entertaining, uh, entertaining stuff for everybody. <laughs> and it's, it, it's always great. I think, it's one of the coolest things that, um, I mean, this, I, I'll be quite honest, this is my first uh, podcast experience. And I, I was so excited uh, to have, you know, to be asked to, to come on and just uh, give a little bit. And uh, it, it's, it was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, really, thank you so much for, uh, for including me. You got it, brother. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Maybe watching if we get this video out on YouTube. I don't know. This is exciting. But uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, we will see you next time on the No Code Podcast. Thanks again, Ian. Talk soon.